What's up? It's September 23rd. That means it's fall in the United States. Except for Southern California. There are no seasons here. Ray Ray is fundamental. Number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball and all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last puffy episode, despite survive. Never mind, let me get on track. Houston had a good run and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team. Wolves, y'all remember? Quick question in sync. Who's your favorite member? Oops, I did it again. Hold up, wait, best team on the court, probably Golden State, yeah. Korean them, yeah, they out this world, but that's Ray's top five, he's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> Is the Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast, episode 126. It's me, it's Ray Ray, recorded September 23, 2020. I try so hard to be professional, but my guest! He writes at For the Win in USA Today Sports. He also writes a newsletter about kicks. That's sneakers or shoes to you youngins. It's called The Kicks You Wear. He knows basketball way more than I do, and since that's true, he definitely knows more than you do, unless you're Kevin Durant. His name is Michael Sykes. Are we gonna go with Michael Sykes too, or Michael Sykes, or how's how's it, how's it, how's it, how's it, how's it uh, You just you could just call me Mike, honestly. <laughs> oh man! So let's start. This is the music before the music. First of all, China battle of COVID, social injustice, stupid people that shouldn't have a platform in sports, and Ruth Conda forever. How are you this pandemic? I am, I'm, relatively speaking, right, like, I'm okay. Yeah. There's, everything is stressing me out and and depressing me, but, you know, I've got my health, so I I feel like I shouldn't really complain about, about very much. But isn't it insane that we've been in our houses for, like, more than six months now? Yeah, I mean, this is like, like, I would, I would be lying to you if I said I didn't, I haven't gotten a little stir crazy, right? Like, it's, it's been, it's been a rough six months, like, haven't been able to see people that I've normally been able to see, right? Like, I can't go dap up my friends, hug my friends, like, I don't know, it it just, it kind of sucks to just be, like, this this actually makes me appreciate the people that are in my life more, than than I did before because now I'm realizing like the role that that they feel and like we always get into our little spaces when when like things were normal right like people yeah. go into their little spaces and be like oh you know what man like my friends you know they're not this they're not that but like at the end of the day they're your friends and they they mean something to you you know and 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 now like you see when when you can't see them and and there are people's lives at stake. Like how much they actually mean to you, and 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 like I I actually appreciate that a little bit more. Like if there was a silver lining for me in this, which which there really isn't, but but if there was, um, you know that would be it for me. Dude, because like so I work at home and I've only seen friends twice in these six months because I don't want to risk my life out there. I have friends. Right. 
that was still bar hopping, which was insane to me. And here I am. It's like, dude, I haven't seen my I haven't seen my close friends in six months. All we have is basically video chats or online gaming if you're into that sort of thing. And it's like, man, you just really appreciate the people in your life, like you said. It's like I miss playing NBA 2K in the same room with my two friends every right. Sunday. Like I miss that sort of thing. Yeah, it's 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 the little things, man. It's it's yeah. the little things. Yeah, I mean, eating out is like, you know, that used to be a routine thing, and it's like, it's like now we just miss that sort of thing. So, man, right. it's, it's just crazy. Um, yeah. So we all have our own past on how we got to this point. You know, uh, I know you work for USA Today. Uh, so, how did you get started in this mess? Yeah. yeah so, so, I, I guess, guess I would start, start like, like my, my whole. Thing, right just, just kind of started, started back in in high school honestly where like i figured out that yo i'm never gonna play in the nba <laughs> like i'm not i'm not good at basketball like there, there are people who are way 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 better than me and way 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 taller than me so i probably need to do something else and and so like from there i kind of just like i've always loved writing like since i was like 10 years old i kept like a little journal where, like, I would just write, like, these fictional stories about video game characters I loved, like, Star Fox or Sonic or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, you know, you like writing so much, why don't you try writing about sports? And and initially, like, I was like, oh, that's whack. I, want, I just want to play it. Right. But then, like, when I did it, it was like, oh, this is, this is actually pretty fun. And, and, like, it was a way to kind of keep me around the game. And, and yeah, so, so I did that, um, you know, in high school, going into college, starting my own blog, started doing like freelance blogging here and there. And then um, eventually I got to uh, Bullets Forever, which is the um, Washington yeah. uh, SB Nation blog. And I started blogging about the Wizards. Like, I'm a Wizards fan. I love the Wizards. Uh, it was like the beginning of the, the John Wall era. So, like, it was it was a really good time to, to kind of get into blogging, specifically about the um, the Wizards, right? And, and um, like, the the whole kicks thing started, actually, because, because of, of John Wall. So, like, the... Um, John Wall was in the middle of an Adidas contract, right? Like, a lot of people might not remember this, but, like, he had two signature shoes with, with Adidas. And then, like, after those two, like, he gets out of that initial deal, and it was, like, really weird, right? Because, like, you normally, like, normally when you have, like, a signature shoe athlete, like, that that's the thing that, that goes on for, for a while. Like, Kyrie Irving is on his seventh now. I think Damian Lillard is also on his seventh. Like, John Wall got through two, and, and the deal was, was done. So, like, I, I just kind of did some digging into that um, at the behest of my editor, uh, Jake Whitaker, shout out to him, mm-hmm. um, who kind of pushed me into, into that, um, into that beat. And, and from there, like, I, I just kind of kept covering it and it, it became a thing. I went to the SB Nation flagship and did it. And, um, now I'm here. <laughs> I'm just kind of blogging about kicks and basketball all at once. It's, it's really, it's really cool. So you mentioned, you mentioned your loving, your love of writing. So did you have like a live journal or a Zanga back in the day? No, I just, I literally, like, it was just, like, write in, like, random spiral notebooks and competition <laughs> books about, like, really, really cool, like I said, video game characters yeah, that I yeah. love, like, cartoons that I love, like, just make it, like, really just, like, kind of fanfic stuff, mm-hmm. you know, 
and 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 doing like I didn't it, it was funny because like looking back on it like it was clear I didn't realize what I was actually doing yeah the time um and and like I had I had a teacher who also encouraged me to like keep doing it but I, I just started you know with something that like kept me busy or you know from kept me from not playing the Nintendo 64 all day right and, and like um just just kind of looking back on it like that is that's where that's where everything kind of kind of starts for me with with all this stuff it's it's really it's really weird honestly I mean, not really, because it's it's a little strange. Because um, my, I didn't have many dreams. <laughs> it sounds it sounds sad, but I didn't really have many dreams. But I wanted to write for Electronic Gaming Monthly back in the day. Like that was my dream, to review mm-hmm. games, like put little blurbs about you mentioned Star Fox sixty four, Super Mario sixty four, whatever. I wanted to do that. Somehow I got into sports. <laughs> like somehow I ended up writing about sports, <laughs> which is not here. that bad, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, someday I still want to write about video games and get paid for it. But, hey, you know, sport, basketball isn't so bad, right? So, right, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so let's jump into this. Uh, let's, let's welcome to the Hoopla. Where we don't talk about the class of 2030, free agency in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> So ridiculous, right? It's like people are talking so about like 2026 yeah. free agency, and it's like, man, I don't even know what I want for dinner later. Right? Like what? Like I'm not even thinking about my team trying to get Luka Doncic. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I get that general managers have to think that far ahead. I get that. I totally get that. But when you have everyone talking about teams getting a certain star in the year 2045 or whatever, it's insane to me. Yeah, it's like everyone's a GM now, and and it's like that. There's 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 good in that, and there's bad in that, right? Because like yeah. I feel like as a, a fan base, as a consumer base, like the the basketball fan and and like the sports fan in general, honestly, is probably um, way smarter than it they've ever been before, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. They, they they know the cap in and out, like they know the intricacies of the sport. Like no, maybe they can't call like plays or anything like that, but like when something happens they recognize it and and can 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 see it, right? But then like the negative side to that is that we always look for it, right? Like we, we always feel like we know what is best for the team at all times, whether that is the play call that they just made or um, you know, trade in for like, like <laughs> trade in for for Luka Doncic in, in five years, right? Like, yeah, it's literally like it it, it goes from one extreme to, to to the other, right? And and you know, I mean, like every once in a blue, people are right, but then like you have people who are just so absurdly wrong that it's just like, man, like, come on, like th- th- this is this is why, and and like I hate the the um. What is it? The the cold takes exposed uh-huh. <laughs> Twitter account. Like right. I hate that. But, like that's where that's kind of where that comes from, though. And and so like I get it. Like there's 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 good and bad with it. Yeah, I'm sorry that I guessed wrong from like five years before. Jeez, excuse right. me. Right. <laughs> right. Why can't we just like look at the action where uh, last night, uh, Tuesday night, when the Lakers tried to rally from 20 down against the Denver Nuggets, and then Jamal Murray closed them down. So now we have a series here, two to one, the Lakers. Um, you said Nuggets in seven, which is not that absurd, really. Yeah, 
I, I feel really good about that still. Mm-hmm. I feel really good about that. Even even when they were down 2-0, I was like, okay, like the the game one that that was a terrible game. But but game one against the Clippers was also a terrible game. Yeah. Right. And and so I felt like there would be a point where the Nuggets would kind of just just figure something out. Because like the thing is like Nikola Jokic as their best player is is so smart is so cerebral like yeah like it, it's it's kind of like he's like it's like a boxing match right like round one like you you take your time you figure your opponent out and, and then boom okay like now i've got it now i've got a strategy put together i know yeah, uh, I can jab at this time, and here's when I should come with the hook, and this is the spot that I should put it in. And, and like Nikola Jokic is that way, where he's like so so smart and and so patient that like he will, you know, maybe maybe like the Nuggets will get blown out in game one, right? But like he'll come back in game two with with a counterpunch that you know you you don't expect, right? And I think that happened in game two, especially in that that fourth quarter, um, you know, where, where the, the, the Lakers were so dominant with Anthony Davis at the five in, in game one. Right. And then we yeah. go to game two um, in the fourth quarter and, and Jokic is, is bullying AD. And it's like, wow, like that's, that's the Nikola Jokic that we saw in game seven against, against the Clippers. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think honestly, like this is, and this is why this is such a fascinating matchup to me because like LeBron James is the same way. Right. We've seen LeBron James <laughs> do this to dudes. For for the last decade, where like he's just like okay, like cool, I I may have dropped game one, but I'm getting these next four, or <laughs> I'm getting yeah. four of the next five, right? Like he's 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 also that kind of cerebral player that can can just pick you apart no matter what you do, right? And and so like I'm I'm so fascinated by this matchup of you know two of the greatest minds in basketball that that we have currently like it, it's been th- this has been a really fun series for yeah me. and it's easy to say that denver should be up two to one lakers fans are so mad when i say that but like <laughs> because look at game two they were right. practically saved by three pointers by rondo kcp anthony davis when the shot clock was was about to go down like they were saved by those three pointers and then they were saved by the three pointer by anthony davis so uh yeah they could actually easily be down two to one yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that's the that's that's why I'm like, I'm if, in in terms of my pick, like which let, let me let me add, like I really don't care about my pick that much. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it it's like yeah, like I could pick the Nuggets in in seven, but like if it doesn't happen, like it's not the end of the world. If it happens, I promise you, I won't say a peep. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I I I just I I made a pick. It is what it is. But but like. They the Lakers in that in that fourth quarter in game two, like I remember like the the KCP um into the clock uh hoist up of a three that yeah. that get, catches nothing but net. Uh-huh. Then like Danny Green Danny Green made a ridiculous play mm-hmm. and and then like A D hits a hits a, a game winner and it's like okay, like <laughs> that's a that I, I mean like the Nuggets are, are are the best clutch team in in the NBA and and they just blew this one like it, that that's fine that's okay but like coming back in Game Three like I knew the Nuggets would have some sort of response to because um, like it was like they figured the Dwight Howard thing out right like Dwight Howard comes in and and bothers Jokic and in, in Game One so much gets him in foul trouble Game Two like starts off that way in that second quarter 
then Jokic is is getting into him, you know, frustrating him by by baiting him into fouls and 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 flopping and um, you know, getting him to jump at at pump fakes at times and and like the Lakers are clearly out of their game um, in that second half defensively. And and then we get into game three where it's like the the Nuggets kind of, they start. And the way that they played that second half is the way they started in, in game one. They kind of let off the, the pedal in, in that fourth quarter with that insane Lakers run that, that almost tied the game up. But, like, they eventually, you know, get right back on it. As as they have all playoffs, right. you know, with their resiliency and 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 uh, win the game. So, I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to see how how seeing how the Lakers uh, kind of come back from from this one. It'll be it'll be fascinating to see. I think it, I think it bothered me a little bit that the Lakers stopped being physical, and maybe because maybe because the calls were not going their way, but they stopped being physical in the second half of game two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, they definitely did. Yeah. And, and and that's one thing about the Nuggets, like they, they're kind of like the Warriors, right? Where like if you if you kind of get into them a little bit, like you you actually have to get into them a little yeah, bit, yeah. like physically, because because their offense is so predicated on cutting and passing and rhythm. And if you throw that off a little bit, then it 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 forces them into like really weird turnovers where the ball is just flying out of bounds and, and somebody's not in, in the right spot that they were supposed to be in and everybody's looking at each other frustrated but it's like not nah, like that little jersey tug that that you just did like that blew their whole play up right and, and so the lakers kind of have to do that with 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 the nuggets and and in that that second half of game two like it, it wasn't there and, and the start of game three it wasn't there that fourth quarter was definitely there yeah um but uh yeah like if if if, if they're gonna win game four like they they've got to be they've got to be their old physical selves again yeah they gotta beat them up man um yeah so yeah i, I mean i'm a lakers fan myself but to me, I just want to watch good basketball. I don't care if the Nuggets win in seven or whatever. They just have to, you know, just right. just get. Right. Yeah, just I just want to see a fun series. That's all, man. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and the other side, the East. Uh, I already forgot about this because it's like it's been like nine days since they last played. <laughs> Yeah, I, don't, I really don't understand this. Like, the NBA schedule, and this is like a, a random complaint for me, but the NBA <laughs> schedule for the, these conference finals has been totally out of whack to me. Like, I, I guess, like, they started on uh, Tuesday with the game yesterday because they were trying to avoid Monday Night Football or whatever, which, like, okay, fine. But, like, there's only one game, and it's at uh, 9 o'clock over here. I know it's at, it's at 6 over there for y'all, which I, I guess, like, makes sense for, for the Western Conference Finals. But, like, yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals is tipping off at 8.30. <laughs> like, we, couldn't, we couldn't get more than a, a 30-minute reprieve here like i i don't i don't understand this but but whatever it's it's fine you know they've done this for years where they'd have a three-day break at some point in the eastern conference finals or whatever or whichever conference finals it is that went early right yeah yeah but like in a normal year i feel like that makes sense okay right mm-hmm. but like now that we're in like apocalyptic coronavirus <laughs> like, i don't know if we need like a three three day break in between these games, and in like I, there was there was actually a piece um, on ESPN uh, that came out maybe last week or a couple weeks ago where, where like the Lakers players were like, "Yo, these these nine o'clock tips, like these, this is not it," because like the the rest that we were that we should be getting from from not traveling anymore is is going away 
because of these late tips. Like, they're going to bed at, like, 3 or 4 in the morning. You know, after after the game, like, the game's ending at, you know, 11.30, right? And then, like, you, you go in to the locker room, you do your media availability, you do um, your your treatment, and then you you finally get in the bed, it's like 2 or 3 o'clock. And, <laughs> and so, like, then you got to get up the next morning and, and go to practice. Like, maybe maybe that's where, like, the breaks could come in, I guess, like, if you want to throw in an extra day. But, like, I don't know, it just seems like the if, if the players don't like this this tip-off time, then, like, I don't see the purpose in doing it. But I, I guess it's it's too late to change it now. So. Why wouldn't the players suck it aren't they usually up by like are, aren't they still up by like three four in the morning playing Fortnite or being out in the club <laughs> normally Listen, or something look, like that i guess i guess if if they're going to be up at three or four in the morning then they, yeah it should be doing something that they they want to do or they want it to be something that yeah. they want to be doing something that they want to do instead of like getting treatment <laughs> like i don't know yeah i don't know i don't know i'm old i would watch treatment at three to four in the morning i mean that's fine whatever but um, yeah, it's probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, I can't. It's been so long since these this series has gone on. But like, all I know is that Miami Heat. Like, you cannot let those guys hang around because when you do, they're just gonna steal the game from you. Yeah. Celtics. The Celtics are really good, man. Yeah. The Celtics are really good, and and like, man, I I I, I won't lie to you. Like, I I was not buying into this whole like we can play Daniel Tice at center strategy at the beginning of the season like i was one of those dudes who was like oh man al horford's out of there that was their most important player yeah like he's he's gone who are they going to play at center now you can't play canner um like and, and then tice comes out of nowhere and it's it's great and then like turns out a lot of times they don't even really need a center because everyone on that team is so sharp defensively that like they can just switch everything, and, and rim protection doesn't really matter that much when, when, when you're not even letting people get to the rim. So it's like, I don't know, man. This this team is really good. They're really deep. Like, Gordon Hayward's back. I, man, the, the Heat the Heat really got to take this game because if they don't, I, I can see the Celtics ripping off uh, four straight and, and going to the finals. I'm surprised still with the Heat because it's like, is this practically a new team? Like, Jimmy Butler just got there. They're playing a bunch of young guys, and somehow they're the Eastern Conference Finals. I didn't have them making the playoffs this season because they're such a hodgepodge uh, mix of characters, and they're all so new and young. Yeah, I, I get that. But then, like, and, and like, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, they're, they're, this, is, this is really a new squad, and, and Jimmy Butler is, like, a new piece, and, and they do rely on a lot of a rookie play, right? Like between Tyler Hero um, and uh, Kendrick Nunn, like those are th- those are two rookies that play really big minutes at guard. And then like, you know, Duncan Robinson's not a rookie, but he's also really young. This is like the first time he's been on, you know, this kind of stage. But but then when I think about it, it like it makes a little bit more sense to me when when like I realize that. They the the squad that they inserted Jimmy Butler into, right? Like that is a team that existed before they know each other. They they had a system and they just kind of put a a new really good player into that system, right? It's it's not like the the Clippers where like they traded away, you know, basically the core of their squad yeah. outside of Montrezl Harrell and and Lou Williams and and Pat Bev to to get 
um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like, no, they just signed Jimmy Butler outright and and added him into this new system as as a new piece that that is an upgrade from what what they had last year, right? Where like maybe they'd be playing like I don't know, uh, James Johnson. <laughs> they they they're playing they're playing uh, Jimmy Jimmy Butler now. Yeah, and and so like when when you look at it that way, it kind of makes more sense. And and then like when you add in the the Bam Adebayo leap, like this, I feel like this team is probably right where it it should be. But but that doesn't make it any less surprising because because I was with you. Like I didn't really like I didn't think that Jimmy Butler would be the the force that he is on this team to to take it to this level to the point where like they could beat. The, the Milwaukee Bucks after, yeah. after such a spectacular season. And I guess, I guess that, you know, goes to show just how, how great a coach Eric Spolster is. Yeah. I mean, this it's the perfect marriage between a uh, player and team. Like, Jimmy Butler is so intense, so disciplined, that he goes to a team where everybody is held accountable in Miami. Hate culture, ha ha, you know? That's <laughs> right. the thing. So I, it was just perfect. I didn't even think about that before the season started. And as for the Celtics, like they're just so deep. Like they have, they have like four guys that score twenty points easily with with uh, Tatum and and Brown and Hayward and Kemba. It's like it's ridiculous how deep they are when it comes to that. Marcus Smart has become a sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> like, and Daniel Tice plays bigger than he's six eight. Like that surprises me, but he plays so much bigger than that. I mean, yeah, that, that's the thing, right? It's like, he's only 6'8". He's only 6'8", <laughs> he's only six eight, but it's like playing center competently. And, yeah. and like, you know, I guess it, it maybe it, it just doesn't matter. Like, your, your height doesn't matter as much as, like, your your strength, right? Oh, thanks, and, James and, Harden. <laughs> right, like, right, like it, it's like, I don't, it's so weird, man. Like, I... On one hand, like I, I totally get how the Celtics work, but then on the other hand, it's like, yo, like I don't, I don't get this sometimes. Like this basketball thing is is just weird to me. Yeah. Who did you pick for the series, by the way? For the the um the Celtics. Yeah, I picked the Celtics. I picked the Celtics in, in six. Okay. But I don't. I mean, I don't know if if that's if that's going to hold. Like if 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 the Heat win tonight, like I don't I don't see Eric Spoelstra. Blowing a three one lead Doc Rivers style like <laughs> I can't see that happening. Oh man. Yeah, I mean this playoffs has been insane. Like well Denver is like the first team to come back from like multiple three one deficits already. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. yeah, I know. Insane. And Milwaukee's out and we might get another Lakers Celtics finals because, you know, the pandemic is making everything upside down or whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. If, if the Lakers Celtics Finals is, is the the semblance of normalcy that we get from, from this, this pandemic, I will I will gladly take that. Yeah, gladly. Hey guys, it's Dan and Melissa, and you're listening to the Various Fundamental Podcast. Catch loves not feelings, guys. Uh, let's talk WNBA really quick. Um, first of all, the Las Vegas Aces Connecticut Sun. The series is tied. Uh, Thomas was out after five minutes, and I thought she was gonna come back and, and wreck shop <laughs> in the fourth quarter <laughs> because when she comes out with her arm in the sling, just like looking like she's ready to go, I'm like, yo, <laughs> I know. Like, are, you, are you playing? Like, I know. It looked like she was ready to play too. It's like, I mean, who needs shoulders? Like, she has she's been playing with no shoulders for like the last three years or whatever. Right. And, like, right. I mean, she doesn't have to play with legs either. Like, she can just be like a Terminator. <laughs> just, like, just, just go out there. Yeah, who needs limbs? <laughs> but how could, I mean, dude, I get pinched, I cry. And this this lady is like playing with two torn le- 
Abrams. I've mentioned this so many times in this podcast that, like, dude, she's playing with two torn Labros. What the hell? Yeah, that's insane. She's that's crazy. insane. She's crazy. But, um, man, they nearly beat the Aces again without Alyssa Thomas because, man, their defense has been amazing. Yeah, their defense has been spectacular. And I think, like, this is this is kind of when the Aces' lack of shooting is kind of coming back to bite them. Because, like, the, the thing that the Sun are doing, like, from, from my eyes, like, yeah. they're just they're just kind of packing the paint and, and making sure, like, all right, you guys want to get Asia and, and you want to get her, you want to set her up on the block. Okay, that's fine. But, like, then you have, like, Jackie Young trying to do a post-entry pass and... Like Jasmine Thomas is literally just standing right in front of Asia Wilson. Like there's no there's no real kind of passing lane to to get the ball into her. And and so like it's so it, it feels like it's such a chore for them to um to score sometimes because of their lack of shooting. But then like it's like when she gets the ball, when Asia gets the ball, she is absolutely unstoppable. It's like you could send a double if you want, send three. Like I'm I'm just scoring right through them. I'm shooting over them. I'm going to to my left. Like I, what, whatever I need to do, it's I can do it. Like I'm, it, she's she's legit and like best player in the NBA mode, WNBA mode right now, and it, it's it's been so spectacular watching. And, and on both ends, she's been so impressive. Yeah, which is a testament to her. Like twenty nine points, seven boards, seven blocks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I know. Just spectacular. Yeah. Just spectacular. And it was tight, too, with a minute left, and then she just took over. Like, she had that three-point play, and she had that end one, which she missed a free throw, but Derrick Hamby got the rebound and scored. Right. So they ended, the, they ended the game with an uh, 8-0 run. And um, it's going to be so tough without um, Alyssa Thomas. I mean, I don't, I'm not even sure if she's coming back for game three or if in the series at all because that looked pretty bad. And if she's yeah. hurt, you know it's bad. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and and that, that was the thing last night, right? Is like you could see kind of exactly where the the sun missed her. Like it was like the plays. I, I mean, honestly, the, the 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 consecutive and ones that Asia Wilson got, I was like, okay, yep, that that's where Alyssa shuts that down. Yeah. Right. Then like you you the 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 sun really needed easy offense. At, toward the end of that game and like Alyssa's normally the one who just kind of snatches it goes on the break you know gets into the lane either kicks it out or, or finishes over somebody they just didn't didn't really have that and then like you just have Dewana Bonner who, who's like a spectacular offensive player but is like forced to take these really weird shots because there's no there's no other creation going on right now like you Breon January actually had a really good game. Yeah, um, she did last night, and 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 Jasmine Thomas played pretty well too. But then like, it's like those are not like you can't. That backcourt is is predicated on defense, right? Like, yeah, they are they are top notch WNBA defenders. But like, if you're relying on them to to give you the offensive output, like the twenty points that that you got from January last night, or, or the 31 that, that you get from, from Jasmine Thomas in game one. It's like, that is, I mean, that's that's just tough to do. That is that is really tough to do. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, with the Aces, they barely got any help in offense from, like, I, I believe their next top scorer had, like, 11 points each between uh, McCautry and Caleb McBride, and, uh, and I believe Hamby had 11 too. But <laughs> that's just so tough. It's so yeah. tough for the Aces if the older game is from Asia on offense. It's really tough. Yeah, that, that that's why it's like, ah, man, like, 
this one is so tough to pick for me because like I feel like the Sun have a really good game plan that that they they are able to beat the Aces with, right? Like if if they swarm the paint, yeah, kind of keep Asia from from getting too deep into the paint and and just contest her on on these jumpers, then then like, all right. This is this is a totally winnable series, but then like it's like Asia Wilson is also so great, right? <laughs> like, it's like I don't I don't know what to do, and and then like at some point I expect Angel McCarthy to get going. Like mm-hmm. I I don't know, man. It, it's it's this is this is a tough one. I'm I'm having a difficult time uh, picking picking this series. And it's a little remarkable too because the Sun got off to an old five start, and it's not right. like they were hot coming into the playoffs. They were ten and twelve in the season. <laughs> And they got rid of the sky and then the, and then the sparks and then now they're in rhythm. Like I think it's remarkable what they're doing this season. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been a a fantastic run for them. Honestly, like I I, I was holding out my little hope for uh, for um, a Mystic Sun rematch because uh-huh. I'm from from Maryland. Like I'm a Mystics fan. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we got we got booted out, but it's fine. It's okay. But but like. No, the the sun like you can tell like this team is is just as as resilient as could be. Um, you know, th- this is I, I feel they feel more like the team that that I was watching uh, last year, um, and and like you can tell like this is really the 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 Kurt Miller stamp. They, there's really a Kurt Miller stamp on it. They, they're kind of like the the Nuggets to me, like in terms of like their resiliency. Like they just don't really go away, even even when like in these individual games, right? Like, last night, like, the the Aces had uh, a punch for every single thing that the Sun were doing, and then they come right back with the counterpunch. And, and like, it wasn't until the they go on that 8-0 run where, where Asia just kind of takes over that, that the game was over. And, you know, if, if, if that's what it takes to, to beat this team, like, the, the Aces can absolutely do it, but, like, I don't know, man. It, it it is it is hard picking against this Sun team. It is hard, it, especially when you know Dewana Barnes is gonna she's gonna have a a game like that's coming. You, so you you mentioned they're like the Nuggets, but in, and I was thinking that they're also kind of like the Heat, where they have a they kind of have a new core too. There's no John Cole Jones. Uh, uh, what's his name? Strickland's not in the team anymore. Um, Courtney Williams is not on that team anymore. It's 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 a new team. It's a new core. And they they still got to the semifinals. Yeah, it, exactly, and and that is that is exactly why I'm I'm so afraid of this team <laughs> going to the next season because like John Quill's coming back and like next year's next year's going to be a beast. There's going to be like five or six super teams in the WNBA. It's great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of what I thought was a super team, the Seattle Storm. Oh my God, uh, they barely escaped the Minnesota Lynx, who are. Young and resilient as hell. Um, Nafisa Collier had the game of her life, and it was not even good enough because Alicia Clark beat the buzzer. Man, oh. what what a game! Yeah. Like, <laughs> honestly, watching watching this game and and watching the the Aces and and Sun play, it was like it was almost like two different sports, right? There were like <laughs> there were so many three pointers in this game. Seriously. Like, I was just like, yo, like this is this is like peak basketball, right? Now. <laughs> like 
peak basketball in 2020 where everybody goes to the, goes to the rim and, and shoots threes and it's so beautiful and, and there's so much ball movement. Yeah. Like, it was great. This was a great game. Yeah, Bridget Carlton with her early barrage of three-pointers and then Jewel Lloyd countering back. with, <laughs> And then we had Stewie shooting threes and then Odyssey Sims, Collier shooting threes. Like, dude, so many three-pointers in this game. So many threes. Yeah. So many threes. I I was I was so impressed by um, Nafisha though I I gotta say like yeah. for her to 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 put like we we all know she's 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 good right but like she gets like three blocks on Stewie within oh the span god. of like seventy five seconds and my it's like, god it's like yo like what's happening <laughs> like she's locking up maybe the best player in the W and and like. I don't know, man. This, it, I, I'm really excited about. It. I, I love her game, um, and and like I think she she is is destined to be one of those one of those greats. But like, she might be there now. She might be there now. I, I may be I may be behind in in, in where I, I think she is because she she is so incredibly impressive. Yeah, and you mentioned a three blocks. She had a fourth block on Stewie on that jumper a minute later a minute later too. So. She- was just I was so I was so shocked too because Stewie obviously you mentioned Stewie's like probably the best player in the WNBA right now and she's getting locked up by Nafisa Collier oh those Huskies um, <laughs> right yeah you see where they come. yeah and, and and Nafisa got the game tying layup too before you know the buzzer beater by Alicia Clark which is you know she we all know Alicia Clark is one of the best defenders in the WNBA and <laughs> she wins it for them on a putback which is just just an amazing amazing game that we won last night yeah and and you think about you think about what the, just how the game was played right like we were saying like incredible pace lots of threes and and it ends on like the grittiest tip impossible it was it was incredible like it was it's perfect basketball man like i'm i'm this this was actually the series that was um I, and i feel like everyone was like this where like everyone's looking forward to 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 kind of seeing um how this series is uh how the series is played and and like i'm so like i said i'm so impressed with fee uh for for doing what what she did yesterday but like i'm looking forward to the crystal danger field breakout that that is inevitably yeah. going to happen at some point like yeah. i don't know i'm not saying that the links will, will win this series because because like the storm are, are you know far and away to me the the best team in in the w like they've they've been the most consistent team um, all season, and then kind of just torn people apart. But like, I I feel like this is a really really good matchup um, for for uh, the Lynx. Like the only thing is like the the Storm are are so incredibly deep. Like even after you, like you go from from Subaru to to Jordan Canada, yeah, <laughs> it's like wow, like you guys have you, y'all really have two starting points. <laughs> And there's there's so much pace like there's no way they they can just control games in ways that that other teams cannot and and that's to me why they've been so so dominant this season on top of what what Stewie has done like you you add those two to to Stewie and then like you said you you, you throw in Alicia Clark who's spectacular on defense you throw in Natasha Howard who's also spectacular like. Jewel Lloyd is like bro, like it, it, they're just they're just like stacked. Like the the list does not end with this team. And, I know. And, like, I don't know. The the links the links have the links have a, a 
uh, one hell of a series coming up. Yeah. We didn't even mention, like, Simon Wickham had a career year for the Storm this year. So, jeez. So deep. Yeah, yeah like, so, so deep. Yeah. Um, who did you have winning here? Did you, uh, did you pick the Storm, right? And Yeah, and then the Storm. Aces, Aces and Sun is just so difficult to pick because of the styles yeah. and the clash. I, I will say I, 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 I picked the Aces in, in five, but I, I could be I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. That's okay. I mean, jeez, you just pick. You just pick. <laughs> yeah. You're just picking a series. It's not like life or death here, dude. Right. <laughs> in, in, unless you, you log on to Twitter. Well, I, that's true. <laughs> You know, was, remember when uh, we were talking a few months ago where it's like, man, like, I don't want to talk to most of my friends about basketball because they're stupid. And you're yeah. like, well, and you're like, well, Twitter's not much better. It's like, you know what? I'd rather be on Twitter because at least at some point we'll find an expert in basketball <laughs> in Twitter. Right. Right. But man, like, I cannot talk basketball outside of social media other than like maybe my brother and a couple friends. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Like, I, I find that, like, most of the people that I talk to in real life about basketball are people who I, I met through Twitter and, yeah. like, have, have an understanding about um, basketball with. Like, it's 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 so weird, man, because, like, I, and I, I just think it goes to show, like, how much of a disservice that, like, the, the media in general does in, yeah. in, in covering the game, right? Like, because, like, you turn on, like, you know your ESPNs or, or your Fox Sports ones or, or whoever, and like all they talk about is like, um, you know where so and so ranks today, or or like is LeBron the greatest player ever, or like is is Giannis uh uh, uh Scottie Pippen or something like like yeah. being Scottie is like a, a a negative thing, right? Like being a, a top fifty, like a top fifty player of all time, is is such a terrible thing, right? Yeah. Like always that discussion, and and people, regular people who are not like entrenched in basketball and and knowing the sport, just kind of go off of that, and that's what shapes the general discourse for the public surrounded basketball. It's like we we don't really know how to talk about other star players, other than like your your LeBrons or Kobe's or or whoever, right? Like it, yeah. it sucks. It sucks. It does. It's kind of reason why I don't mention their names on Twitter. I don't. I don't ever want to mention their names. And then I go off saying, "Dude, if that's your education of basketball, dude, I don't want to talk to you." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, there's no point in having the conversation. Yeah. I'll I'll give you I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. One of my older friends posted on my Facebook page saying, you know, hey, LeBron should win MVP, boo, Giannis, whatever. And I'm like, dude, don't be that guy. Like Giannis deserved it. He's all, yeah, but whenever Milwaukee, whenever Milwaukee plays without Giannis, they uh, they win. So whatever, you know. And I'm like, so I get out the stats, and it's like, oh well, they're five and three. They still lost. Like that's no, that's barely over five hundred. <laughs> right. So why are you using that reasoning? Like, dude, don't just. Don't just throw stuff out there, you know? It's like, yeah, but when LeBron's not playing for the Lakers, they lose. I'm like, they're 2-1 and one without LeBron. <laughs> Come Talking. on. Shocking. Team loses without star player. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but they're 2-1 and one anyway. Like, dude. Right. Come like, on. Like, don't just yeah, like, throw stuff out there and just hope it sticks. <laughs> you know? Like, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. That That's not that's not how you determine. Yeah. And... MVP race, right? Because, yeah. like, if that was the case, then, like, uh, Kevin Durant would be MVP because the 
the Nets didn't play with him at all this year and like <laughs> add him to that team like they they might be great like it depending on how he comes back from injury or whatever but like it's like I mean that doesn't like that logic doesn't doesn't stick like you're just throwing stuff at the wall yeah it's kind of like that voter who voted for um, Zion for rookie of the year it's like, well because the team's good to run him <laughs> oh well then he already won then Right, <laughs> right, like, uh, so you, so you're saying that before he played a minute, you were trying, like, you were making this vote regardless, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, there's just so much to fix, like, the NBA is, I think it's really, really good right now, my buddy will argue about that because he's a 90s guy, but he will... Uh, the NBA is really good right now, the product's really good right now, but it's like... People hate, like, talk, like, Charles Barkley seems to hate it right now. You know what I mean? Like, we don't yeah. need that sort of thing. Like, we need to promote the game more. We need to talk about the game today. Like, these guys are so good right now, man. Yeah, but, like, the, the, the shape that basketball is in as a sport to me is, is like, it's as good as, as it's ever been before. And, like, granted, like, I am not, like, the, the, like I, I love '90s basketball. That's what. That's honestly what I came up on. '90s, like late, late '90s and early 2000s is what. Like that's what what shaped me. But the way that the game is played today, I feel like is it. It's so. I don't know. It it it's it's different. It's more inclusive. It's more fun to watch. It's more. It seems more fun for for some players to play. Like there's like there's so much joy in in the game now and in the way that it's played in the way that that it is consumed by by real fans of of the actual sport and like you can see that just going you know from from the professional ranks to to the college game to the high school game like there are there are different principles that people are taking from the way that the game is played now how like every single player at every single position is is so skilled yeah that you know, it, like we don't have the 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 high school like six five center who is like you know just the the six fouls guy anymore. <laughs> like, like they're letting that they're letting that kid like step out and shoot threes and 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 take dudes off the dribble because like that that that's his game like they're just like yo play your game do play to your strengths and and we'll figure the rest out and and like I I appreciate that a lot because like coming up like you. Obviously, like there, there was always this this conception that like you know, uh, you're a big man, like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be shooting threes or, or like you shouldn't be be dribbling the ball or whatever. And and now like I I feel like that's that's totally gone. Like we have like Carl Towns who's who's like a a, a seven one guard. And it's it's like incredible to watch. Like he's shooting the ball like Steph Curry. Yeah, like it's it's dope. It's the dopest thing ever. Yeah, that's what I was telling. You know, people our age group, well, I'm 41 years old, and I grew up in 90s basketball, obviously. But, like, I'm telling these people that, dude, it's like, back then, centers were pigeonholed to the post, or six fouls. They're not allowed to do anything, really, unless you're a keeper or something like that, right? And right. and now, as you mentioned, Carl Anthony Towns stepping out. Um, we have Nikola Jokic playing an all-around game. We have Anthony Davis making buzzer-beating three-pointers. Like, dude, they're so much better now. Then back then, when you're just like, no, just play the post. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, I, I just, I don't see how people can can complain about it. Like, my only gripe is that, like, 
it it's re- it has nothing to do with the the style, but but more so to do with the way that the game is is officiated. Like I wish that you know there were times where some of the some of the the bait the the foul baiting that that currently exists in the game. Like I I feel like that should be eliminated. And it's not. I'm not even talking about like the hardened stuff. Like yeah, that yeah. stuff can be insufferable at times. But like when like there's a a, a dude who is like shooting a jumper that is totally not his jumper but somebody jumped at the pump fake yeah, and yeah. and they're like you're just throwing the ball at the rim like i i, I am never calling that foul as an official <laughs> like, you shoot your jump shot and 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 draw the foul like don't just lean into the dude because because like that 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 is dangerous as as a play yeah to, to me Mm-hmm. I, I hate that, but but like other than that, other than like some of the the weird officiating, job, like this game is is incredible, yo. Like I I love it. Yeah. So here's my get off my lawn statement. Um, I hate the charge right now. Like I hate oh the charge call because yes. because now it's like you're not even letting the offensive player change direction or stop. Like they get there a millisecond before the offensive player gets there, and it's like. How can they change direction or stop? Like you're gonna run into them and they're calling a charge. Like, dude, they don't have enough time to do anything, and they're getting a charge call. Back in my day, players were stationary for <laughs> two seconds before they get a charge call, right? Right. That's me. I don't know. I mean, people... nah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. the the charge The charge is the worst. Like, that's the worst thing about. Um, I, I, that, that's the worst kind of foul. Like. Especially like my my pet peeve is like when when there's a player who's who's coming down on the break right and and like they're going to the rim, defense is walling up and then like Marcus Smart takes a takes a charge or whatever. But they they've passed the ball by now and and they just they have the momentum and and they run into Smart and Smart falls back and and the ref is like oh no that's a charge. <laughs> it's like the ball's gone. This has nothing to do with the play anymore. Yeah. Like, He's he's just standing there now. The there's there's no real call to make here. Just let 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 the play move on. And nah, it's 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 the dash and pass charge. Like I, I, I hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah, my gosh. I mean, other than that, like here's the thing. Like um, I defend the refs all the time, pretty much because I think it's. It is so difficult to call a game, like an NBA game, because they're all going, these are the best athletes in the world. They're going so fast. How can you see that touch on the arm? Like, that's that's amazing to me, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, it's hard. And I have a, I have a bit more appreciation because I played in a rec league like, oh my God, 15 years ago? Oh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> anyway, I played in a rec league, and it's like I'm watching the officials call the game. I'm like, oh my God, they're so bad at this. But then I realized, like, dude, it's so difficult to call to call a game like that. It's so difficult. Dude, in 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 high school, I actually took an officiating class. I don't know why we had that. But why did you take that class? First of all, <laughs> well, because I needed a gym credit. Right? <laughs> like, it was my senior year, and like, I think I had uh, we needed like six gym credits, and I had four, so I took four gym classes in my senior year. <laughs> which was great which was great it was like walking regular gym uh officiating and then there was one other one i forget what it was but but anyway like i'm i'm taking this officiating class and like learning how to officiate basketball specifically right 
And um, they take us on a field trip to do a, um, it's not really a field trip. It's like a, a trip to the middle school down the street to, to officiate this, 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 this basketball tournament, this middle school basketball tournament. And, and so we're doing it in like, we're in groups of threes. Um, there are like 12 of us in the class and like we each get a game. And, and as the, the tournament goes on, um, you know, the, the, the best crews kind of move forward um, into it. So, like, there's, there's the, the first round, second round, semifinal, final, and, and, like, the best officiating crew gets to officiate the final or whatever. Right. Um, mine was definitely not the best because I was terrible. <laughs> was, uh, they, were, they were, like, the, these kids were, like, they almost got to the point where they were, like, about to fight because I refused to call a foul. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. And I'm just, like... I'm like staring in the space, and they're like, "Call something." I'm like, "Oh, my bad." <laughs> it was it was terrible, but like the point is, like it it is so easy to to like criticize refs, but like when you're actually doing that job and and in the action, like it's so hard to to figure out when to blow the whistle, what to call, and like what to tell people to do because like that is that's the other other thing about it is like you call an offensive foul you better point in the right direction because if you don't then like people people are gonna be pissed like yeah all comes with the job but but like refing is hard man don't, I, I try not to give give these dudes too hard of a time yeah which is all i said at the timeline anyway it's like oh my god they're so biased towards the lakers oh my god they're so biased towards the nuggets it's like okay i see who you're rooting for that's all i know you know, so it's like no, like they maybe maybe you know the Nuggets are getting favorable calls, but like that's not because they're biased toward the Nuggets. Maybe the the refs are just not refing that well right now. Like it, it's it's possible. That's the other thing. It's like it's possible for them to to have a bad day at, yeah. at work, and and like it, it impacts the game. Um, and that's that's never a good thing. But like it 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 happens though, and and. The thing about these specific refs, especially in in the NBA, the WNBA, like they are the best of the best at what they do, and and so like nine times out of ten, when they make a call, it 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 is the the right call, or or like it at least is is the call that that it looked like, because like you said, it like the game moves so fast that like it's it's really hard to tell when when like the difference between like a a, a goaltend and and not a gold ten or, or a block in a charts. Like those things happen in a split second and, and more often than not they get it right. So they like do. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I, I, I yeah. I don't give them a hard time because I've already seen it first we've already seen it firsthand how hard it is. You you lived it. <laughs> you lived <laughs> and, it. On, at a at a middle school tournament as <laughs> as an as an amateur and I was terrible, so, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, I know this was probably, like, a long time ago, but, like, I am questioning that decision right now that you made. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I'm, I, in that moment, I was questioning my own decision. <laughs> it's like, I was like, I really should call something. And, like, these kids are, like, staring at me as they're fighting for the ball. I'm not calling a jump ball. I'm not calling a foul. Like, there's, I'm just, I'm just letting this happen. And it's like, they're both like, call something. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. Side out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When it comes to basketball, all I want to do is either play it or watch it. I don't want to ref. I don't want to coach. That seems so stressful. 
Um, yeah, that's all I really want to do. And I can't even play anymore because I'm like 75 years old, so... <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, it's Pamela Horton, Miss October 2012, and you're listening to Ray Ray, it's Fundamental Podcast. Here's the postscript. All right, so I'm going to give you a few questions here and there and just answer them as best as you can, all right? So, your favorite player of all time in the NBA. Ooh, this is tough. <laughs> this is... Give, give me three of them or something. Like, give me three of them. All right. Yeah. Uh, all time, um... MJ is definitely one. The former wizard MJ. The former wizard MJ. Ah, that shaped me. That really did shape me. That, that was like, that was one of the three. Uh, okay, yeah, the the three players that that shaped me, which would definitely be my my favorite players. Okay. Uh, MJ, Gilbert Arenas, and uh, Allen Iverson, definitely. Pick one. No, I'm kidding. I know. It's an arena uh, if I had to pick one, I probably. I was just making that Arenas reference. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I get it. I'm I get it. terrible. Uh, NBA players you enjoy watching now? Uh, Jokic, mm-hmm. Simmons, um, Steph. But Ben Simmons doesn't shoot threes. He's terrible. I love Ben Simmons. I love Ben Simmons. Dude, dude locks up whatever yeah. and, and is an incredible passer. Like, that, that's my thing. It's like passing is, is, is my favorite. Like, that's my favorite part of the sport. Yeah, me too. Otherwise, I'd be called a no-look shot. Um, what <laughs> you NBA players you enjoy watching now? Um, let me think. Asia, definitely yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan Canada, right? Like, I, bro, watching, watching the storm last year uh-huh. was, was a, a journey for me, because, like, obviously, like, you, you, you go into the season expecting Sue Bird to play, and then she doesn't end up playing, and, it, and it, it's fine, because Jordan Canada is, is, is so freaking incredible and then and then feet like i said like yeah she's definitely like you can there, there's like a theme with me clearly it's like i really love well-rounded basketball players who, who do everything and pass the ball really well and uh and fee is is definitely in that mode so i'm i'm really um excited to see how her career uh jumps off and i'm not saying that because i i love the amf podcast <laughs> by the way here's a great stat the the host of the amf podcast had 30 combined blocks last night <laughs> what a stat what, what a stat. stat what am i like, we're, like dude i can't even block a shot in like a year I'm only five seven anyway so whatever um guilty pleasure song you listen to um, guilty pleasure song. Uh, randomly lighted up by Young Thug. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I love this song so much, but I, I literally play it every day, dude. It's like, is that like your hype song or something? I don't even get hype. It just, I honestly think it like calms me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's something about it. The the producer was is uh, Pierre Bourne, and Pierre Bourne is probably my my favorite producer in in hip hop right now. Okay, um, dude sense. is just like like everything he makes sounds super weird, and and I dig it. Like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's dope, and and this is like this song is like one of the most simple um, simple repetitive sequences ever but it's it is it like sounds so incredibly weird and then like you add young thug to it who right it's also just incredibly weird and it's it's just great <laughs> last question who's the baddest filipino you know um let me see baddest my my oh my 
What grade was I in? My ninth grade freshman seminar teacher, Mr. Alvarez, was was a he was such a badass dude. Like I don't he probably doesn't even remember me. Honestly. Um but like this dude was like he played football, right? He boxed. Hold he, on a, hold on a second. A Filipino that played football. You've gotta be dude, kidding me. No, I'm serious, bro. Like seriously. It, Never it, happens. It, Never happens. Like oh. Bro, I like he he was like the most incredible dude, but he was also like just incredibly nerdy too. And and it was like that it was the coolest thing to me. Like I was just like he, he taught me how to tie a tie, honestly. Cause like I didn't I didn't know how to tie a tie and then like we, we had a class on it and I couldn't do it so I stayed after and he was like, right, nah, just here's the loop. This is what you do. <laughs> and yeah, boom, your tie's tied. And and he just like walked me through it on my lunch break. And it was it was really cool. Like he shout out to, to Alvarez, man. Like that's that's my guy. That's awesome, man. I was actually hoping that your answer is either me or Well, I was gonna go you, but then Alvarez just popped into my head. Or, or you're gonna, used or, to tell me all the time. Or you're gonna say, dude, like, I think you're the first Filipino that I know because I kind of get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, Alvarez definitely, like, he definitely let us know about his Filipino heritage. Shout out to my probable cousin, Mr. Alvarez. <laughs> Shout out to him. <laughs> Alright, tell us what you got going on, man. Um, so yeah, I am like like you said earlier. I have the the sneaker newsletter, the kicks you wear. Um, I'm doing a, a giveaway right now. We're on our way to uh, 2,000 subscribers, uh, which is pretty really really cool. Shout out to to all the people who um, who read and uh, the giveaway. I am buying two of those subscribers a pair of shoes up to $150 each. Um, all you have to do is subscribe. Uh, once we hit 2,000, I go into my random drawing bag and pick out emails and email the people who I pick out, and they get the shoes. and And it's really cool and really dope. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, just subscribe because of sneaker content. Like, come for the shoes and and, and stay for the sneaker content. We got some merch coming soon too. I should add, which which will also be um, really cool. And yeah, I, I'm just you know over here trying to trying to build a, a, a dope community. So I hope that um, folks will will come over and join. And and other than that, uh, check me out at uh, for the win uh, ftw.usatoday.com, where I write about basketball culture and other uh, really really weird stuff. Where can we find an accessible called Twitter? Uh, at Mike D. Sykes on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, whatever other social platforms you, you want to find me on. That's awesome that you have 2,000 subscribers. Uh, here's something scary for myself because, like, okay, I'm trying to step up in this podcast because because I am so egotistical and I'm so narcissistic, I'm looking for my podcast on other platforms or whatever, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I saw, I forgot what it was, but it's like... Uh, it apparently said that I have like 200 subscribers on my podcast in this one platform. I'm like, wait a minute, what? That can't be true. <laughs> like, no way. So now I'm just kind of like, oh my god, I have to be better now, or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is why I got Mike Sykes on my podcast because I'm trying to be better, guys. So, <laughs> thank you for subscribing. First of all, you can find the podcast wherever podcasts are available, whether it's Stitcher, Apple, iHeartRadio, whatever platform you prefer to use. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Nota Pass, and I, I think that's about it. So, thanks for coming on. By the way, that this is a really good conversation, dude. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. This, this is an honor.
that is Mike Sykes. I'm still questioning his decision on being a referee in middle for a middle school tournament. <laughs> I am Ray Ray. I'm a walking bad decision. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Game over, yeah! Hashtag blame Ray Ray.